0: And uh, we're just so grateful for your, for your word. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. James, the fifth chapter and the sixteenth verse. Let's go to James, the fifth chapter and the sixteenth verse, if you would, please. And I'm going to read this first verse, or these first passages here in the Amplified Bible. It'll be on the screen. I usually use the New King James, and I will for the rest of this message, but the Amplified Bible brings this out very well. Now, how many of you would like to, I mean, really, you'd like to have power in your life? Would you really like to have power? Yeah. Now, do you know that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you have power? Do you realize that? Now, being a Christian, that means you're a child of God and you're going to get to go to heaven one of these days, either when the rapture takes place, and that's a whole lot closer than you might think. No man knows the day or the hour, but we're in the season, aren't we? Or when you live your life out on the earth and your spirit leaves your body, you're a Christian, you go to heaven. Being a Christian, you'll miss hell, you'll make heaven But just because you're a Christian does not mean that you have power. And and I've run into many Christians over the years and they, they want power, they want power, they want power. Well, you will not have power just by being a Christian. You need to understand that. There's something else that has to be involved. Now, I'll tell you something else. Just because... You read the Bible every day doesn't mean that you have power. I I know a lot of Christians, they read the Bible every day and they, they're just powerless, still sick, broke, busted, disgusted. Now, thank God for reading the Bible. We need to keep the Bible first and foremost. We need to read it and not just read it, but study it. But there's something else that we need to do in addition to Studying the word of God to have power. And it's pray. Real loud say pray. Pray. Now I'll tell you this much. You can pray all day long. And if, if you don't pray in line with the word of God. You won't have power. I've watched Christians pray for years. Absolutely powerless. Why is that? Because they didn't pray in line with the word of God. But I'll tell you what, if you'll repent of your sins and make Jesus the Lord of your life and become a Christian, and you'll get into the Word of God and read it and study it, and then if you'll devote yourself to praying in line with the Word of God, you will become a powerhouse on this earth for the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you get what I just said? And that takes dedication It takes discipline. Do you know the Bible talks about believers and it talks about disciples? There's a difference. A believer is somebody who is a Christian. But a disciple is a Christian who's disciplined themselves and put their flesh under and dedicated themselves to a life of study of the Word of God and a life of prayer in line with that word, and that's when power becomes available to you. Do you understand that? We live in a day and in a time of entertainment. And people even in this hour, and I've watched it over the last years, they come to church a lot of times to be entertained. You don't want me to entertain you. Now, say amen. You want me to teach you the Word of God so that you can pray in line with that Word, discipline yourself, and become a powerhouse for the Lord. Now look at this first verse here. I'm going to pick up James five sixteen midway through the verse. Amplified Bible. The earnest, heartfelt, continued... What? Prayer, Prayer of a righteous person, a righteous man, a righteous woman... You become the righteousness of God when you become a Christian. Notice the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous what? Power available, dynamic in its working. So you see, if you want power in your life, there's only one way to get it. And that's through prayer. Did you hear me? You will never walk in victory in your life unless you have set aside time where you get alone with God and you pray. Now, this right here today will be the answer to a lot of people's problems. Did you hear me? So many times Christians want the pastor to just lay hands on them and pray, and they want you know the power of God to set them free. It seldom really works that way if you're not going to be disciplined in your own life to set time aside to pray. Did you hear me? Prayer produces power. Prayer produces power. Now, if you look at verse 17, because you see this is still in the Amplified Bible, uh, a lot of times people will say, well, yeah, but you know, when when that's talking about a a preacher or a pastor or a, a big shot man of God or woman of God, you know, their prayer will make power available. But it's interesting as you look at verse 17, says Elijah, now we understand he was a prophet, all right. But notice the Bible takes time to bring something out about Elijah. He was a what? A human being with a nature such as we have with feelings, affections, and a constitution like ours. In other words, the Bible just said that Elijah was just like you or me. No different. He had to deal with the same kind of things you and I have to deal with. But notice the Bible says, And he prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and no rain fell on the earth for three years and six months. Now that was a powerful prayer, wasn't it? An ordinary man made a heartfelt prayer and power was produced. And then look at verse 18. And then he prayed again and the heavens supplied rain and the land produced its crops. Would you say that took some power? But he was a man with a nature just like you and I. He had the same things to deal with, the same weaknesses. How many of you know that at one point this man called fire down, didn't he? And at another point he was running in fear from Jezebel. Remember that? So he was, he was just like you or me. He had the same kinds of things to deal with. But he, had, uh, 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 he prayed a heartfelt prayer and it stopped up the rain and then he prayed again and it opened the heavens. Now that's power, but it came through prayer. Now notice in Mark the ninth chapter, now we'll go back to the New King James version. Mark the ninth chapter in the second verse. Mark the ninth chapter in the second verse. Notice this. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves. Now, now, You might underline that apart by themselves. Whenever you see Jesus pulling apart or pulling aside, it it was almost without exception to pray. Do you understand that? When he'd go up on the mountain, he'd go up there to pray. Do you know why Jesus had power in his life? It wasn't because he was the Son of God. Now, was he the Son of God? Yeah. In this earth, did he operate as the Son of God? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He didn't operate in this earth as the Son of God. Now, He was the Son of God, but did you read the book of Philippians? It said He laid down not His possession of deity, but His expression of it. Did you know Jesus operated in this earth as a human being? And he had power in his ministry and in his life. Yes, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. But I've watched people over the years that were baptized in the Holy Spirit, spoke with other tongues, and they're just as weak and powerless. You know why that is? Because they never what? They don't pray. They don't have a daily prayer life. Jesus, you ought to study the, the prayer life of Jesus. Jesus prayed a whole lot. You see, him, you see him getting up early in the morning before anybody else got up. And he went out. What did he go out to do? Pray. He went up on a mountain. What did he do up on a mountain? He prayed. He prayed. He spent time with the Heavenly Father, you see. And because he spent time with the Heavenly Father, it made power available to him. You need to understand that. What does prayer do? It makes power available. Now notice he goes up onto this mountain up there apart by themselves and he was transfigured before them. Now skip down to verse 14 because a lot of cool things happened up on the mountain. But look at verse 14. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the the, the scribes, what are you discussing with them, with my my disciples? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. Now, does this kid need the power of God? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He needs the power of God to set him free. So, so this guy brings his son. Now, 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 watch this. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they what? They, they what? They, they could not. You know, I think you ought to underline that. I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. You ought to underline that. I think that's one of the saddest things that you'll find in all the Bible. And it's sad in this time in which we live when the world comes to the church looking for help and they run into a powerless church. Isn't that sad? When the world comes to the church, when the world comes to the man of God, when the world comes looking for help, shouldn't we all have the power of God uh, to help them? Don't you think it's a sad, sad thing when the church doesn't have the power to help people? Now, he brings his kid to, to the disciples to get the disciples to cast this evil spirit out but they could not. Now we're going to find out in just a moment why they could not. But I think it's clear right now we could say that this, the disciples, these disciples, because Peter, James, and John went up on a mountain, these disciples were not committing themselves to prayer as they should. Is it possible to walk right there close with Jesus in his own ministry and still not be people of prayer? Oh, Yeah. How many, remember, how many of you remember at the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus is praying just a stone throw away from, uh, I think it was Peter, James, and John, and instead of Peter, James, and John praying, what were they doing? <sighs> they were sleeping. Is that right? So you need to realize it's possible to walk right side of Jesus. They walk right side of Him in the flesh, and they still at times, they didn't pray as they should. How much more should we then commit ourselves to be people of prayer. They could not help him. Now look at verse 19. He answered them and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Bring this demon-possessed kid. Bring him to me. Then they brought him to, to Jesus and when he saw him, immediately the spirit, the evil spirit, convulsed him and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So He asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that Many said, He is dead. But Jesus took Him by the hand, lifted Him up, and He arose. And when He had come into the house, His disciples asked Him privately, Why, now watch this, why could we not cast it out? So He said to them, This kind, speaking of that demon, this kind, this species of demon, this kind of demon, can come out by nothing but what? Prayer and fasting. Now, the and fasting part in the original text, the and fasting isn't there if you took the time to study, but the prayer is, and, and I believe in fasting and all of that, certainly. But but notice what Jesus said. He said, And this kind can come out by nothing but prayer. And if you want to say fasting, that's fine, but the fasting's not in the original text. But the point is, why could the other disciples not cast it out? Because they were not praying. And they were walking in Jesus' ministry, and they weren't praying. Isn't that something? But this kind, this kind of demon will come out by nothing except spending time alone with the Father in prayer. Did you get what I just said? Did you get that? I, I'll tell you this: If you're going, I mean, now this church, I don't go looking for the devil. Amen. I run with God. I don't have time for the devil. But when the devil shows up, and he will, you better be sure that you've spent your time praying in line with the Word of God. Because when the devil shows up, you need to be sure that you've spent your time praying in line with the Word of God because when he shows up, you're going to need to be able to resist him. The Bible says in the book of James, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. See, there's a lot of Christians resisting the devil and he doesn't flee. The Bible says he has to flee. Well, why doesn't he flee? Because when he doesn't flee, it's because he's run into a Christian that doesn't have a prayer life. You know, I'll say this because I I, I can say this. I've met so many Christians over the years. If they would spend half as much time praying as they do gossiping, Oh my gosh, what kind of power would they have? Huh? If they spend half as much time praying as they do busybodying and backbiting and all that, if they spend as much time praying, just half as much time praying as they do that, what kind of power would be made available? Now notice in Matthew, the 21st chapter in the 12th verse, I'm just trying to show you here this morning, I'm trying to make you hungry for prayer. I'm trying to make you hungry uh, for the power to get to the power. You only get to the power through prayer. You'll never get to the power of God any other way. It comes through prayer, you know, certainly in the name of Jesus. But when you speak the name of Jesus, th- that name needs to be coming out of the mouth of a Christian who has dedicated themselves to a life of prayer. Amen? Now, Matthew, the 21st chapter, 12th verse. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer. But you've made it a den of prayer thieves then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them now 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 would it take the power of god to see the blind and the lame healed yes Yes. it would take the power of god but what do we see as we look at verse 12 verse 12 real loud say "Purity." purity he cleaned the temple out didn't he Then in verse 13, he talks about the house of God being a house of what? Prayer. Prayer. And then as a result of that prayer, purity, and then prayer. And then in verse 14, we see the what? The power. Do you see that? How do you get to the power of God? You get to it through what? Through Prayer. prayer. Did you get that? Is that a simple lesson today? What am I trying to get across to you today? That the power of God comes through what? Prayer. Is that an easy lesson to get? That's all I want you to get today. You got it? You want to go home now, don't you? Well, no, I'm not done yet. How many of you would like to be able to have power over temptation? How many ever been tempted to sin besides me in here? Okay, the rest of you are liars, all right? How many has ever been tempted to sin besides me? How 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 many of you would like to be able to resist that in power? Well, watch this now. Luke 22, verse 45. This next thing I, I tell you here from the Word of God will be worth coming for just to get this. Notice this. And he rose up. Now, now Jesus rose up from... Was Jesus a person of prayer? Yeah, he rose up from prayer. He came to his disciples. He found them sleeping from sorrow. Did we talk about this a moment ago? This was at the Garden of Gethsemane. Is it possible to be right with Jesus in a deep time of prayer and be a stone's throw away sleeping? Yep. How many of you, you've ever, uh, if you're, let me ask you, have you ever gone to study the Word of God and, Huh? How how, how many of you have ever had trouble sleeping at night and you get up uh, uh, to read the Word of God and all of a sudden, huh? You know, I think the devil's behind that somehow or another. How many of you, you've ever went to pray, you've set time aside to pray and, and something else comes up invariably to pull you away from that? Has that ever happened to anybody but me? I think the devil's behind that somehow or another. How come the devil doesn't want us to pray? Because he knows that when we tap into prayer and pray, we're tapping into what? Power. Power. What's the lesson I want you to get today? How do you get to the power of God? Through? It's an easy lesson, isn't it? So Jesus rises up from prayer. He finds his disciples sleeping. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? He said, Rise and pray. Lest you enter into what? Temptation. Temptation. Now, I could teach you for an hour and a half, two, three hours on this. The way that you can get yourself, if you're really serious about walking free from sin in this, in this life, the way to do it is you have to become a person of prayer. And, and then you see, and I've said this, the Lord showed this to me some time back, and, and it's good. If you wait, until the devil is tempting you now, listen to me now, listen to me now don't get don't let the devil distract you on this now you listen, say i'm listening, I'm listening. now, if you wait until the devil's tempting you to resist the sin you you're going to wind up sinning you, you you don't have success in resisting temptation, when you're being tempted, you resist that temptation long before it ever comes in your prayer closet. Did you get what I just said? Did, did you get what I just said? Now that was what I wanted to get across to you. That's worth coming just to get that. Now usually that goes over people's heads and they don't get it. I want you to, I'm going to get down here so you can get it, alright? I don't want it to go over your heads. Alright? So I'm going to get down here i either have you stand up or I'll get down where you can get it. I don't want this to go over your head. Okay, that's why I'm down here. I'm right on the level with you, okay? You ready? Are you Now, so there's some people ducking. Now, you can't duck because I... <laughs> if you wait until you're being tempted to resist, you're going to fall into the temptation. Where do you resist temptation? You resist it before it ever comes your way. Where at? In the prayer closet or in the time of prayer. You understand what I mean by that? You don't have to be in a closet to pray, but you know what I'm talking about. Huh? How many of you remember Jesus? Was he tempted in the wilderness? Yeah. And, and we always center in on the, the fact that he resisted the devil with the what? Yeah, the word of God. And thank God for the word of God. You that attend here, you know that I'm all for the word of God. I've teach the word. I've built this ministry on the word of God. What did Je- but we we don't say this oft times. What do you think Jesus did for the 39 days before the temptation came? Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about that? We don't ever. I, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever said anything about that until just standing here right now. We forget about those 39 days. Yes, he used the word of God, but what did he do for 39 days? I'm convinced of it. He's out there in the wilderness. He didn't get tempted till the end, did he? What do you think he did for 39 days? He prayed and fasted. and fasted. You okay? Yes, he used the word of God, but before the temptation ever came for him to use the word of God, what did he spend? I believe, 39 days doing. What did he do? He prayed. He prayed and fasted. You okay? How do you get to the power of God? You get to it through prayer. prayer. Go to Acts the third chapter if you would, Acts the third chapter, verse 1, Acts 3, 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple. Are you in Acts 3, 1? Peter and John went up together to the temple at the... And underline this. I wish I had an underliner. I could underline it on the screen. There's probably a way to do that. I just hadn't figured it out yet, but there probably is. At the what... At the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, it's about three o'clock in the afternoon, I think it was. But anyway, real loud say, say it real loud, say, "At at the hour of prayer. So did Peter and John pray regularly? I think we can conclude that. And a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask for alms, and fixing his eyes on him... Uh, with John, uh, uh, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. See, you can have all the money in the world and not have the power of God. You can have all the money in the world and it not be able to buy you your healing. Is that right? This man didn't need money. He needed the power of God. And and, and he happened to run in to two people who were people of prayer. And then Peter says, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. How many of you, if you saw somebody that you knew for sure was lame and couldn't walk and the power of God hit them and and they got healed, legitimately healed by the power of God and how many of you know, I believe God's still in the healing business today. I've seen hundreds of people healed over the last many years of ministry. He's still in the healing business today. How many of you, if you saw that, it would excite you? How many of you, you'd have no problem watching this man leaping around, praising God? Wouldn't that be wonderful? How many of you'd even get in on, the, on, the leap, on the leaping on that? I'd get, get in on that, huh? And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Now, the power of God healed him, but what's the key to this? They were going at the hour of what? Prayer. Prayer. How do you get to the power of God? Through what? Prayer. All right, look at Acts 12 now and verse 5. Acts 12 and verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison. Now you study this out. I think there was about 16 top-notch soldiers guarding him. And they got him in prison. Now Herod had just put James to death. And now he's got Peter. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant, what? Prayer was offered to God for him by the? Should the church be a church that prays? Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains, between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now, did you get that or do I need to read that again? Did you get it? Is he being guarded securely? Now, behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison and he struck Peter on the side, raised him up, saying, Arise quickly! And his chains fell off his hands. Now, dear friends... Is that the power of God or is that the power of God? Where's that power coming from? It's coming from the constant, what, prayer that's being made by the church. That didn't happen just by accident. That didn't happen just because God wanted it to happen. I had a problem years ago when I was young and I said this, why pray? Why pray? God can do anything in the earth. Why pray? There's no reason to pray. If God wants it done, it'll happen. And God got it through to me that because of the way He set the authority structure of this planet up, it would seem as though God will not do anything in the earth except we give Him the avenue to do it through prayer. Did you get what I just said? That's why we need to be people of prayer. You see, He is that Jesus is the head, we are the body. If He wants something done in the earth, he gets it through to us as, as we spend time in prayer, and then we declare it out of our mouths, we pray it, and then that 's the avenue for him to move. Did you get what I just said? If you go look at Elijah, remember he stopped the heavens from raining for three and a half years? If you go look at that. I'm convinced he spent time with God finding out the will of God that God was going to bring a famine on the earth and then Elijah, after I believe spending much time in prayer with God to get the heartbeat of God, then he said, I declare it's not going to rain or even dew on this earth for the next, you know, until I say so. Boom! And that was it. But he declared the will of God out of his mouth and it came to pass. Three and a half years goes by, I believe he sensed as as he prayed to God, he sensed that it was time, you know, for the rain to come. And actually he sensed that rain coming before it ever came in the natural. You see, you prayers, you get over there and pray, you'll sense things that, that God wants to do in the natural. You can pick it up in the spirit before it ever comes to pass. Did you hear what I just said? You can get in the Word of God, spend time in prayer, find out what God wants to do in your life or in your sphere of influence, and then you pray, declare it out of your mouth, and God uses that as an avenue to bring it to pass. Did you get what I just said? Oh, if God wants it done, He'll just do it. No! God wants to do a whole lot of things, but He doesn't have the avenue to do it because Christians are gossiping and complaining and backbiting or sleeping instead of going into the prayer closet, finding out the will of God from the Word of God and declaring it. Did you, did you get what I just said? I'm talking about power here today. How many of you want power? Then we got to go to prayer and find out what it is God wants, and then declare it out of our mouths. And then that gives Him the avenue to move. That's what happened right here. You see, prayer. Peter is in prison, and 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 the church comes together and prays and declares out of their mouth that, that to get Peter out of that prison. And all of a sudden, God starts. He tells the angel to go and get him out. Can you say Amen? Oh, yeah, but Peter just got out of prison because God wanted it done. Well, that may well be, but the church had to pray. And the church praying made power available. Do you see that? Now, Now, I'll tell you how serious this is. Just from my observation, did I tell you a moment ago that this same guy, Herod, put James to death? Could it be because the church didn't make constant prayer for James? Huh? Did you get what I just said? I'm not over your head now, am I? It could be that God wanted James to live as well as Peter, but nobody was praying. Do you know your prayers can be a life and death situation? Oh, come on, guys, get a hold of this with me. Come on, get a hold of this with me. Constant prayer was offered by the church. Peter's in the prison. The angel shows up, verse 7 said, real loud say, his chains fell off his hands. Off his hands. Now, why did his chains fall off his hands? Because there was power of God there. Why was the power there? Because the church was what? And verse 8, the angel said to him, gird yourself, tie on your sandals. And he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that 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 what was done by the angel was real. See, Peter thinks by, he was sleeping. How many has ever been in a deep sleep and you're wondering, is this really real or am I sleeping? That's kind of the state he was in. He was in a sound sleep, but thought that he was seeing a vision. You see. But look at verse ten. When they were past the first and second guard posts, I wonder what happened to those guards. Do you think God? You think the power of God could have just knocked them knocked them? Asleep or unconscious or something like that? They came to the iron gate. Iron under. Did that say gate or iron gate? Iron gate. Do you think that's pretty heavy? Yeah. That leads to the city, which opened to them of its own... How many of that? That'd freak somebody out, wouldn't it? Would that take power to... Huh? Did a human being no do that? No, it was the power of God, wasn't it? Could have been another angel, I don't know, but it was the power of God. What made that power possible? It was the prayers of the church. Open of its own accord, they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel, and he delivered me from the hand of Herod and from the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where, where many were gathered together, what? Okay? And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, the girl named Rhoda came to answer... When she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. And they said to her, You're beside yourself. Now, now if you're really listening and following along, that's really hilarious, isn't it? Did you get that? Did Did you get that? They're in there praying. What are they praying for? They're praying for Peter to be what? released from prison now peter their answer is knocking at the door and they and 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 the girl comes and says hey peter's at the door and they said you're crazy did you get that now why do i take time to read that because you see elijah was a man just like you and me right these people were just like you and me I've already been praying for God to do something, and the answer is knocking at the door, and I don't even recognize it's the answer. And then once I recognize it's the answer, I say, hey, that's, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Perfect. Or, yeah, it came to pass. Well, well, that's crazy. That couldn't be. I was just praying for that. Do you see these people were no different than you or me? One thing the devil uses to keep the church from praying is he tries to make you think that you're not worthy or that you're not spiritual enough or that you're not special enough to pray. He used that on me for a long time. That's not working anymore. Did you hear me? I said, that's not working anymore. I tell you, a lot of these people that I've watched over the years pray these eloquent prayers and all. They use that good King James Elizabethan English, you know, and they intimidate everybody. You know, most of those that I've run into into over the years are some of the biggest gossips and busybodies that you'd ever want to meet. And their prayers are powerless. But it's the childlike faith When somebody prays and there's no King James Elizabethan English in there at all and they just out of a good and a right heart cry out to God and the power of God comes down on that situation. Did you hear what I just said? Did you get what I just said? Don't let the devil lie to you anymore and tell you you're not supposed to be praying because you're not eloquent enough or you're not this, that. I tell you what, it does that doesn't make a hill of beans a difference. You rise up, get in line with the Word of God, and open your mouth to God. Can you say amen? Amen. How do you get to the power of God? You get to it through what? Prayer. Glory to God. They said you're beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so... So they said, it's his angel. Verse 16, now Peter continued knocking and when they opened the door, uh, they saw him, they were what? They were astonished. How many has ever had your prayer answered and you were just absolutely flabbergasted that it happened? We're all human, aren't we? Come on, I'm almost done. Just a couple more. Acts 16, go to Acts 16 and we'll close there. You getting anything out of this today? What am I trying to teach you today? That to get to the power of God, you get there through prayer. prayer. Acts sixteen sixteen. Now it happened as we went to... Well, it's all over the place, isn't it? As we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaimed us the way of salvation. This she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, being greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. Now, just real quick, some people, they've asked me, they said, Well, what was the deal here? This girl was saying what was right. Yeah, but she was doing it with a wrong spirit. It was annoying. Uh, How many of you remember that laughing revival that went on? Now, I believe, I personally believe that that there is a holy laughter. I I believe that. I don't think we're going to get together as church, church and just laugh all the time, though. Do you hear me? And if you watch that and study that, at first, you know when that revival swept through that—that's that, wonderful. But but you know, we need to flow with God, don't we? And I noticed back then. In fact, my wife and I attended a a, a, a service where the, that the, the laughing had just gone on a long time, a month after month, and uh, actually we were there watching a certain minister, and actually he was on a satellite, was up on the TV screen. And and, and I sat there and I watched this. I observed it. There was a lady right behind us, about maybe two rows back. Whenever the crowd was, this is several years back, whenever the crowd was laughing and going on, you know, having a good time, uh, that lady behind us was just stone cold quiet. And then whenever the minister came up to preach the word of God, that lady standing two, three rows behind us. <laughs> now that's not right, dear friends. I said, that's, 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 that's bad flesh or it's a spirit. Is that right? Demon spirit. Is that right? And it was to, to distract. Could it be that every time Paul began to declare the gospel that this woman... Most high God! And they declared to us the way of salvation. I mean, could it be that she was interrupting Paul when he was trying to preach? Could that be? That yes. could be. I mean, we know she's possessed by a demon spirit. Do you want the devil doing your press relations for you? Speaking, I don't want the devil speaking good of me. Do you? Whatever the reason, somebody said, Well, how come Paul didn't, didn't do something about it right away? I believe him being a man of God, he didn't just deal with the situation immediately. I believe Paul took some time to pray about it until and, and the Spirit of God revealed to him what this thing was, and then he dealt with it. And he dealt with it, and what did he say? He said, he, he turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. Can you say amen? amen? But why did he have the power to do that? Because he was a man of prayer. It said in verse 16 as he went to prayer. Now let's close in verse Uh, 25, because you remember Paul as a result of this wound up in prison, didn't he? And Paul and Silas, Silas was his traveling companion. They're in jail and they're not just in jail. They're in the innermost part of the jail and, and they're secured and all of that, much like Peter was secured. And in verse 25 says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were grumbling and complaining Paul and Silas were saying, you know, Lord, we did the right thing. We served you, and now we're in prison. What's up with this? Is that what they were doing? No. At midnight, they were what? Praying and singing hymns to God. Did you know that we start off every Sunday morning with 30 minutes of prayer? Did you know that? Well, wait, Pastor. We, we, wait, wait, wait. We don't start off with prayer. We start off with worship. I said we start off with prayer. Well, wait, wait a minute. It's worship. It's singing. Yeah, but do you know what the highest form of prayer is? It's praise and worship. We've, 16 years, we've started off just about every Sunday morning with 30 minutes of the highest kind of prayer that there is, praise and worship unto God. Did you hear me? Do you ever notice we're not here to entertain people? Do you ever notice this music is not designed to entertain you? Do you ever notice it's designed for you to enter into worship to God? Do you ever notice that? Why? Because it's the highest form of prayer that there is. And what's Paul? What are they doing? what are they doing? They're praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Do you know that there's people listening to you that you don't even realize is listening to you in your everyday life? And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loose. loose. Did that take the power of God? How did they get the power of God? What were they doing at the midnight hour? They were what? Praying and singing hymns to God. Stand with me if you would. Praise God forevermore. What's the lesson? What's the lesson that you were supposed to get today? That to get to the power of God, you get there through what? Prayer. Through prayer. How do you get to the power of God? Through prayer. How do you get to the power of God? Through prayer. prayer. Does it have to be an Elizabethan English? No. Does it have to be with a good and a right heart? Yes. Does it have to be in line with the word of God? Yes. How do you get to the power of God? You get to it through what? Prayer. Prayer. Glory to God. Now I'm going to ask Chaplain Dobie to come. Brian, would you get him the microphone? He's going to come and close us.